You are listening to the Soar Above Cancer podcast, episode 68, fundraising for bigger changes with your hosts, Gabrielle and Alex. Hello, fellow cancer thrivers. Welcome to this week's episode of the Soar Above Cancer podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding the strength to not only survive a cancer diagnosis, but thrive at living one's life with cancer. Today, we're talking about fundraising for bigger changes, and that means fundraising for organizations and for things that are bigger than just ourselves. Last week, we talked about fundraising for ourselves specifically. So how does this differ really from that idea? And how do we go about, again, fundraising for something bigger? Now, the first thing you're going to have to do when you decide that you're going to fundraise for something, for an organization, for a cause, whatever it may be, it's to find this cause that you want to fundraise with. And that's a big question because that's at the foundation of everything you're going to be doing moving forward. So Alex, how do you go really about choosing this cause? Yeah, and you said it. It is the foundation. It's the main idea of the first step you would do when you want to get involved in an organization and a campaign and and sort of choosing that cause. And there's a lot of factors that go into actually picking that cause in the first place. And I think the easiest one to start off with is just look to what you're passionate about. Going through your cancer journey, you learn a lot about diagnosis and about treatments and about different hospitals and all of the surroundings that are involved in a cancer experience. And if you find that there's something that sticks out to you that you're a little bit more passionate about, you see that maybe it's a little underwhelming in terms of the support or the awareness, that's a great place to start because it already means that you're going to have the motivation to sort of advocate for that specific cause and, and go ahead and be an ambassador. And I think the most important thing to remember is that although you may be looking at, like for example, I was diagnosed with acute lymphoblastic leukemia, so I may have this thought in my head that maybe I should focus on those individuals specifically, I think the thing to remember is that you don't necessarily have to stay in one designated area just because maybe that's what you know best. Not that that's a bad decision. It's just you should open up your eyes to all the different possibilities around you and don't necessarily think that you don't have the ability to advocate or to choose a cause that you have to maybe research in order to learn a little bit more about. The possibilities are endless and I think it's important to just not limit yourself, but also choose something that you maybe have a passion for and you think deserves your support in that sense. And you also don't have to limit yourself to cancer specific organizations because there are many organizations out there that you can volunteer for that you can help in their fundraising kind of initiatives that don't necessarily have to do specifically with cancer. We, we can talk about hospitals who have an indirect link with cancer and helping those living with that experience. We can talk about hospice care or palliative care, all of these things that might not have cancer written all over it, but still have an impact on the experience of someone living with cancer and might be important to you. When we talk about choosing a cause, it's about your why and and I talk about it a lot on the podcast is that that reason for for doing something that's your why and when it comes to choosing a cause your why is important because it's going to like you said Alex propel you and motivate you to do those great things it's about considering what is most important to you in this moment which will enable you to actually get all in with this cause and and really make a difference that has an impact on on so many. Yeah, you're right. It's important to discuss things like finances, like 
reducing isolation for young adults. And there's obviously organizations and there's causes that focus on the aspects of cancer that don't have, like you said, the word cancer written all over it. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that we're choosing a cause directly for the cure. It's the thing of, okay, what specifically can we handle and what causes can we support while we're going through the journey ourselves, not necessarily dedicated to the treatment or anything like that. There's a lot of different options for us. Do you have any examples of causes that someone looking to to fundraise for when it comes to cancer that they could choose? I mean, personally, I know, and I'll discuss it a little bit more later on, things like I had the opportunity to advocate for a study that focused a little bit on the idea of reducing isolation and just bringing awareness of what specific ideas and what specific struggles do people going through a young adult cancer, what do they deal with? And that was with the Yak Prime study. Now, unfortunately, that study's finished, but Yak in general, and obviously we talk about them a lot, they're a great idea and things like that to, to advocate towards. Um, the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada is a great organization that focuses on connecting people who maybe one person doesn't have an idea of how to cope with a lot of the anxiety and things that they deal with when first being diagnosed. So they sort of introduce a survivor who's gone through it. So that's another organization that I learned about recently. Those are those are a couple of the organizations in general that are great to kind of go into that don't necessarily focus just on the treatment itself. They have a little bit of different aspects that are woven into them as well. I think that there are various options when it comes to organizations who might need our help when it comes to they have a vision or a mission or, or a mandate I say I guess related to cancer and we have those national organizations even sometimes like worldwide organizations that include the like the Cancer Society or Movember they have an organization, the Brain Cancer Foundation, the the Lymphoma Leukemia one. There's all of these big foundations that you can help with, but there's also the local organizations that you can make a difference with. The one that comes to mind because I'm involved with them is the Ottawa Regional Cancer Foundation. So that's a, a regional foundation to the Ottawa region. But it's also a good option for you to to get involved with. And there are examples in all communities of those local organizations that need your help. Absolutely. And this is a great transition because now we talk about a lot of how we choose a cause, some of the causes that we have heard of and we've advocated for. And when we look into the next step, it's the idea of now preparing once we've chosen that cause. So we need to learn a little bit about what the cause is. It's not an overnight success in the sense that you can just automatically understand everything there is to know about a cause. It really takes a lot of preparation and study to sort of learn about a cause. And so how do we go about that, Gabrielle? What is sort of an idea and some advice in terms of preparing to learn a little bit about a cause? So when we think of an organization, I think it's important to understand that they put a lot of effort into their brand and the message they want to promote all of these things are really important to them because it enables them to make a difference in people's lives. When we come in as a volunteer to help fundraise money, whether specifically fundraise for money or do other tasks that are a little more out of reach or a little less directed to fundraising but still have a huge impact, it's to understand that we need to understand this organization very well to keep on this message and to truly help them not kind of just say anything and then 
give them more trouble than not. This includes understanding their mission, their values, their vision, their programs, even understanding how the organization works and who the staff is and who to refer to for certain questions. All of these things can have a huge impact on the message that you give out and on the experience of the person that is receiving that message. So all around, being an ambassador means understanding the cause and that's a good first step even before you start going out and meeting these organizations is to understand what they're, they're all about. And things like that, learning about all of these main aspects of an organization, mission, value, the branding, things like that, it can be done through just research, primary and secondary, whether that be going online and researching some of the reviews on certain organizations, some of the values, some of the about sections of a lot of these causes. Those are great ways to get started. And then in terms of secondary, reaching out to people that maybe there's a phone number on a website, there is someone you know who is involved in the organization or the cause it's a really good stepping stone to sort of learn in the first few times that you're sort of preparing and learning about the cause really early, early on in your research. And I think the important thing to remember, just going off of what you said, Gabrielle, is when you learn these values, when you learn the mission and sort of the core aspects of a cause, I think it's important to know that if you become an ambassador and a volunteer in that way, you need to understand that everything you do from now on, in a sense, will be matched with that organization. So you have to be careful sort of the way you brand yourself on social media, the way you present yourself at these events. You have to understand that everything you do moving forward, for the most part, when you are associating yourself with a cause, will be looked at in that sort of way. So you don't want to misrepresent what a cause is about. And so it's just important to be aware of your actions moving forward when you are preparing and when you are becoming that ambassador and getting involved in the first place. Another great way to get that that information about an organization is also to be a member of that organization. And as cancer thrivers or as caregivers or researchers or whatever other function that you hold in or role that you hold in this in this context you might have personal experience with this this organization that can go a long way in understanding what they're all about. And that can be an important tool when it comes to fundraising and being an ambassador. And also, maybe we can mention that a lot of organizations have these ambassador programs and you just have to ask. Maybe they do have the resources that can help you in this, this role. The next step after we choose a cause and we prepare and and get to know this cause inside and out, it's to get through the door, it's to get involved. And how do we do that? How do we get through that initial, well, how do we get through that door and how do we get involved with these organizations? Yeah, a lot of it is is simpler than we may think. It's it's the idea of reaching out and If we want to get into an organization, for example, like Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Canada, one thing I did, I spoke to a representative there because I volunteered for a walk a few days ago. I knew my mom. She volunteered for the same walk this year and ran into a representative there. And so I was able to reach out in that aspect. In order to prepare for talking to that individual, just on the side, I went on the website. I went on the history and I learned about what their core values were, what the programs they offered some numbers to reach out to emails simple things like that just doing your research gets 
at least a lot of information on how to reach out in the first place. I think it's important to either go and meet with that individual face-to-face or on the phone and ask if you can get involved. Simple things like that, that you don't think that it's as easy as that. You think you maybe have to show up and prepare all the speech and get involved instantly. It's just about, again, learning more about the organization and reaching out to these individuals that you think, okay, well, maybe this is how I can get started. And nine times out of 10, if you just want to reach out and talk, individuals that are involved in the ambassador programs and putting on events, they're going to want to listen and they're going to want to have you on board, especially if you're dedicated. So simple things like that really get the ball rolling. Yeah, we can make it really, really simple by just walking in that door. That's really the one step that you have to remember is that you have to put yourself out there. You have to either go to the the headquarters, go to the, the head offices or local offices or just pick up the phone and talk to someone. That's, those are the first steps. You can also maybe go in through another back door and through networks or, or contacts that you've made. So that's also a good, a good way to get involved with organizations that can have a, a big impact. It's really simple steps like that. And, and when you are able to get involved and you start discussing with certain people and you maybe reach out and you make that first volunteering event and you love it, now it becomes your responsibility if you want to become this ambassador to use the skills that you have in order to fundraise, in order to advocate for the cause. So what skills do we know would help in terms of fundraising and how do we hone in on those skills when it comes to the advocating and the, and the awareness for these, for these causes? It's important to look at a cause and look at it when you're first discussing how to sort of fundraise for a cause. A great way is to look at it like a job interview. So you learn about the skills that you have through your past experiences. As an individual, you should know sort of what skills you have that are maybe more defined than others. So things like communication, things like I'm more of a personal person, I analyze things very well. And when you're discussing how to sort of get involved in that initial step, If you can discuss those skills with, let's say, the ambassador or a community outreach specialist and you tell them, this is kind of what I want to do, that's a great way to get the ball rolling because maybe that individual already has ideas that they think, okay, well, this person's great at speaking. Maybe we should have them MC one of our events or maybe we should just have them discuss some of their experiences with their treatment process or their finances or their isolation and things like that at our next volunteering or bake sale event whatever the case may be so if you can go in with discussions on what your skills are that's a great way to start and looking at the other side if you just go in and say okay i want to get involved in any way possible a lot of times that individual will say well we have a bunch of people that we need for this aspect of our cause we have a bunch of people here and from there it's really more of a collaboration effort to think okay i have my skills they need these and how can we make my skills and these needs fit and mesh in the most effective way when it comes to fundraising. So that's kind of a great way to to get started is really just understanding what skills you have and how they can contribute to the organization. Yeah, I think the people who work in these organizations who are going to be meeting with you to discuss possible opportunities for you to get involved uh, to fundraise, whether that be through actions that will eventually lead to money being given or fundraising like literally fundraising 
these people are trained and know their organizations inside and out and understand how to take your skills and your abilities and translate them into something productive for the organization. So it's to trust these people and to be honest with them. What are my strengths and also what are my weaknesses? Where do I not want to go and where do you maybe not want to put me? And being honest with them and that I think will translate into amazing opportunities for you to make a difference in an organization. More specifically, we talked about personal fundraising last week. That is very similar to fundraising for organizations, but there are differences. So what are the what are separate skills that are necessary when we're talking about fundraising for organizations instead of just for yourself? So I think just discussing the question and the and sort of getting the topic off of the differences between the personal and fundraising for a cause i think it's just important to understand that when you're fundraising for yourself you know yourself for the most part and what you need and maybe some of the ways that you can fundraise to best represent the cause that you yourself want to get out there and and make yourself aware of and you can be as creative as possible with things like that. You can try new techniques. You can be a little bit unorthodox. But when it comes down to fundraising for an organization, for a cause, like we discussed earlier, they have their mission, they have their vision. And a lot of the times, maybe you aren't able to be as open-minded when it comes to some of the fundraising tactics. So I think it's important to just understand and be aware of exactly how you as a person can contribute and maybe you should be a little bit more refined with your fundraising techniques. Or if you have maybe something that's really out of the box or something that's really, really specific and something that maybe the organization hasn't tried before, I think it's just important to have the skills to present that in a exciting and positive way to the organization and say, this is kind of an idea I had. Do you think we can try this? As opposed to just kind of going off a whim and saying, let's just try a bunch of different things. And then maybe the organization or the cause doesn't mesh well with it. They're not particularly thrilled. I think it's just important to have the ability to analyze maybe a technique that you think is interesting and see if it fits well with the organization. And if you're not really sure, again, it's all an open-ended sort of a two-way communication between the ambassador for that organization and yourself. And so I think in terms of skills, a lot of them are very similar, being able to maybe present, being able to communicate well, being able to be just positive and motivated when it comes to that cause. But I think it's just the idea of the fundraising techniques themselves, I think that can differ between organizational and personal fundraising. Yeah, I think it goes back to our first topic and about choosing your, your cause and that why behind it is that the importance that you attribute to this cause and the reason why you're choosing this cause is going to dictate what you can present and that's important to still keep in mind you're offering something very different to the organization which makes it different from personal fundraising. Another important difference is that you're now going to be working with a team. And as much as last week, we did suggest that you get involved or you get other people involved in your personal fundraising because they might have good ideas and they might have strengths that you can use to your advantage. We're talking about entering a team, getting involved with a team that is well established for the most part and working with them. And that can be important and it's important to know how to do that and and kind of get to know their style and, and work around what they're good at 
too. So that's a very different from personal fundraising too. And we need to remember. Yeah. And working with a team is, yeah, I'm sure everybody understands whether you go through school or through work, obviously everybody has different opinions on how things work. And so it's just important to understand how to collaborate within a team. And I think that just attests to your skills and your motivation towards what causes you think is our best represented for you and, and just being able to work in a group environment. Now we can discuss for our final topic some of our fundraising efforts, maybe to motivate all the listeners to what causes they can get involved in or sort of how to prepare for a cause and, and things like that. So Gabrielle, did you want to start sort of discussing your fundraising efforts and I can finish this off? Yeah, so these are our personal fundraising efforts that we've done. And these are a few of them. It doesn't mean that these are the ones you have to choose. These are just ideas. And there are thousands upon thousands of causes that you can get involved with if that's what you want. Now, two of the causes that I've gotten involved with, the first one is the Look Good, Feel Better programs. So not only am I a blogger for for them, I also helped my mom start the program back in my hometown so we fundraised for this we we did do certain things but overall the the look good feel better message and what they stand for is something that resonates with me and I love the program I think the programs make a huge difference in the lives of of women going through cancer so I've gotten invested with them relatively a lot and I continue to work with them on, on different projects. So I'm excited about that and and just the idea that I'm excited to talk about it and and to be a part of this team of volunteers helping this program is a good sign because that's what we want you to feel like when you're choosing a fundraising effort. The second experience that I have with an organization when it comes to maybe fundraising is from the inside of the organization. So the Ottawa Regional Cancer Foundation, I've seen how they operate from the insides. I helped them create a an ambassador program and I've seen how the staff interacts with volunteers and really uses their strengths to get them involved with the cause and get them making an impact in our community. So for me, that's been a very interesting experience to see how do organizations work from the inside to work with volunteers with the people who want to make a difference so those would be my two um, organizations that I've had the most been able to have the most impact in in regards to um, fundraising so for myself I kind of stuck with the same organization which would be yak and I think in the first instance was a few years back and it's sort of a mesh between personal and organizational. But when I was fundraising for myself in order to go to the 2017 Yak Survivorship Conference, so when I was fundraising for there, I surpassed my goal for fundraising. And I kept fundraising because there was a flex pass package. Essentially, if you were to fundraise more than necessary for your own goal in order to attain the amount to make the conference, all the money you raised would help other individuals who had sort of financial issues or struggles in order to get them to go to the conference as well. So it was sort of rewarding to see the ability to fundraise and know that it was going towards a positive effort and it wasn't necessarily just going to waste in a sense. So it was more personal but organizational at a certain point in the sense that I was fundraising for other individuals 
who I wanted to see obviously have the same opportunities I did because we talked so highly of the conference in it. And at the time, I didn't know how highly I would be talking about it, but obviously it's just a benefit all the same. So that was one experience. The second one actually fell into my lap. And so what was really cool was that the founder, Jeff Eden, of Yak was coming to Toronto to do an interview with Global News, and he knew I was a young sort of ambassador for the program. I was very enthusiastic when I went to the conference uh, the year prior. So he reached out to me and said, would you want to interview with Global News and discuss this Yak Prime study, which was a study that was basically done with Dr. Sheila Garland, basically to discuss topics of young adult cancer and what people our age were going through and what was the biggest topic of maybe underwhelming support or awareness and maybe what things should be changed, whether that be from a governmental standpoint, whether to be applied to YAC and organizations of philanthropy in that respect. So it was basically just to promote the cause and the study itself to increase the amount of participants, both female but mostly male, because as we know, in terms of male participation for studies, it's very, very low, especially young. And so I had the opportunity to go on and interview which was posted on the Global News website, which is really, really exciting for myself. But it was just a cool aspect of seeing how you don't necessarily have to fundraise for a money standpoint. It's all about just getting involved in any way, even if it's just the promotion of a specific study that may benefit down the road. So that was sort of the two aspects I had in terms of fundraising. And it was funny that we we discussed not necessarily having an advocate in terms of like a money standpoint or financial. There's so, so many different ways to do so. Yeah, because there's always that ripple effect that happens when you do anything for an organization and, and you volunteer in any way for an organization. When you're talking about presenting your story and, and the impact that the Yak Prime study could have, we're talking about the government funding that might come from it. We're, we're talking about things that you might not be aware of, but that have a huge impact on the organization itself. So today on the podcast, we discuss the topic of organizational fundraising when it comes to certain causes related to cancer and cancer thrivers themselves. So the main topic is choosing a cause. How do we do that? And what are the first steps initially going about things like that? Secondly, we look at the idea of how do we prepare and become an ambassador? It takes a lot of hours in terms of researching, learning about the cause, and studying exactly what goes into the mission statement and the values of an organization surrounding a cause. We talk about how to get involved, how do we put our foot in the door, who do we reach out to, and eventually when we do get our foot in the door and we fundraise, what skills do we need to use? How is it different from personal fundraising? And what maybe separate skills do we need to separate the two different pillars of fundraising when it comes to a general sense? And then finally, we ended it off with our discussion on our fundraising efforts and giving you an idea of what causes are beneficial and the idea that no matter what cancer you're going through and no matter where you're coming from, there's always an opportunity to fundraise and to choose a cause that's best for you. So this ends episode 68, Fundraising for Bigger Changes. Take two, if I might add, because my part of the audio earlier today did not work. So this is our second recording. I just thought I would share because Alex might have had a good laugh. I I was a little more frustrated, but <laughs> <laughs> it worked out. It did work out. I think this one is pretty good, uh, even better than the first one. So. If you have any questions or suggestions or comment, or if you want to share what organizations you get involved with, do share your story. You can reach out 
to us through the Soar Above Cancer blog, as well as our social media accounts, which are linked in the show notes, as always. Many smiles to you, and see you next week.